have one two in a row ladies and gentlemen two in a row we haven't done that all year the Cleveland Browns are five and seven after a win today in a fashion that we haven't seen in literally if you talk about the special teams years the Browns won a game today that they haven't won like in years the Browns scored a touchdown on special teams today they haven't done that since 2015 we have not scored a touchdown on special teams in seven years but we're celebrating today because as we'll talk, we got some help. Maybe not in the division. Come on. But we got some help, at least in the wild card. And we'll get into all that. We will talk about uh, Deshaun Watson's debut. And we will go through some scenarios. Again, really for, at least for me, and by the way, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, checking in. I'm Dan, here with Steven, the LOTL Browns postgame show, week 13 edition against Houston. Browns' big winners, 27-14 over the Houston Texans. They improved to 5-7, and seven, and the Texans uh, wallow down to 1-10-1 on the season. So, uh, Steven, how we doing? In the words of... John Candy and Rookie of the Year. The Browns are out to their longest winning streak of the season. Two. <laughs> Great. Great pull. So, you know, uh, things are pretty good. You know, Houston's pretty bad, obviously. Oh, they're terrible. They're the uh, not worse than pretty not, bad. They're <laughs> worst team in the league. So I would venture uh, to guess the way that the Browns played offensively, I think if you play any other team in the NFL today, you probably lose. Uh, not probably you do. I mean, we did. The Browns get, were putrid listen, on offense we today. Did, we did get two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown today. But if you played the, any other team in the league, you probably don't get the defensive touchdowns. Maybe you get the special teams touchdown because that was just a great individual play by Donovan Peoples Jones. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, uh, but hey, it came on a day where you were playing the worst team in football. So. You had your worst offensive day of the year. Uh, you had a quarterback that hadn't played in 700 days. He was very bad today. He was very rusty, but he was very bad. There were a lot of plays out there that he could have made that he didn't. Hopefully that's just rust, and hopefully he's going to be a lot better next week because you're going to need him to be a lot better next week if you want any shot at this thing. Right. Because the Browns, we have five games to go. Every single one of them are must-wins. But 
Yeah, hopefully Watson uh, takes a just takes a hall pass on this one and is you know actually ready to start throwing. Yeah, I mean you gotta th- you gotta think for a lot of reasons today was insanely incredibly emotional for him. Uh, he hasn't played a down of football for 700 days, and none of those 700 days were due to injury, which is extremely weird, maybe yeah. unprecedented in yeah. NFL history. I mean, out yeah. Yeah, I mean, outside of maybe Michael Vick going to jail for two years. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. It's the only other example I can think of. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Browns win 27-14. The Nick Chubb stat is done. Entering into today's game, the Browns were 4-0 when Nick Chubb uh, rushed ahead 20 or more carries in a game. They were 0-7 when he did not. He had 17 carries today, and the Browns won. Hmm. So that stat is, I guess I guess you could still say, hey, they're undefeated when have, he gets 20 carries, but it's no longer the dichotomy of they're winless when he doesn't and they're undefeated when he does. Did so. the Browns lose any games previously where he had between 17 and 19? I wonder about that. I don't know. You'd have, we'd have to look. Maybe, maybe not. I think maybe he did one game when he had he had like 18 or something. I don't know. Maybe the Jets we would have game, to go back possibly. Which for all intents and purposes was a win until it wasn't. Oh God, that you know we just we just talked about it as we were watching the end of that um, Chiefs and Bengals game. Now, yeah. uh, before we jumped on, and that game is going to continue. That game is just going to continue to to be an albatross. Over it this looks season. very big now because you would be on the same line with the Jets if you just would have beaten the Jets. We'd still technically be out because of tiebreakers, but we would be on the same level of record as the seven seed today. The, with the Jets, the Patriots, and the Chargers, all of whom it lost this week. It would be a four-way tie. And yes, the Browns would be out because they've lost to all four of, or all three of those teams. In this case, it would be two of those three. Yeah. If you reverse the Jets. Oh, result. yeah, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. That Jets game, man. I mean, you could, could also— Could have beaten the Chargers, too. You could also—the Chargers and then— for not for tiebreaker's sake, but should have beaten the Falcons as well. Those are the three games that I think we're going to look back on. Oh, at the end let's of the not season. forget about Baltimore. That's well, the one that's still just Baltimore is for grinding. My Baltimore ears. for a divisional uh, standpoint, and yes, I agree with you. Ultimately, that might be the most important one because that's a division game. The Browns would be three and zero in the division right now, six and six and three and zero in the division, with three to go, and the most important two-game stretch of the entire season coming up next Coming up starting next week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we will get into the Ravens. Lamar Jackson left with a knee injury. We don't know his status. He did not return to the game. He left early in that game and did not return. So uh, it's interesting. It's got to be somewhat serious based on that, you would think. Yeah, you would think. Uh, But still, the uh, Ravens pulled out their game uh, because the, the Denver Broncos are atrocious. Suck. Yeah, worst just team done. in the well, worst team no, no, other than actually, the, the Texans. No, they don't suck. They stink. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's talk about the Browns and the Texans. Really, I don't think we really need to get into it from a strategy standpoint. The Texans are just horrible. We just need to listen. The big elephant in the room is Deshaun Watson is back, and uh, you know. People said that they were expecting a little bit of rust with him today. Uh, he looked like a, you know, 
I don't know. I don't even know. He how to looked like it. Donovan McNabb on a really bad day. Oh, he was throwing the ball into the dirt. Ankles yeah, all I'm sure, friggin' day. I'm sure that was. Re- that, I'm sure that was really familiar to your dad. Uh I got that text in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, he did. Listen, I will say <laughs> to a little bit of a silver lining on that. It's much better for him to miss low than to, is to miss high. Kyle Allen for the Texans was missing high all day, and the Browns scored two touchdowns. That's true. All day he was he was uh, he was he was missing high, all day. It's always best when you're throwing the ball, put it in a place where either your receiver gets it or nobody does. Yeah, not and and, and he wasn't purpose. Deshaun let, let, Deshaun wasn't purposely doing that, but again, I'd rather him throw it to the dirt. The the turf has never scored any points. No, you throw the ball in the sky. The sky has scored points. In because, a sense, yes. Yes. So, uh, from that aspect, I don't think it was purposeful, but it was better to be managed. The fact that he was throwing it into the dirt. Um. I he was. I mean, there's no there's no sugarcoating it. Deshaun Watson was not good today, at all. I mean, you could make a case that the Department of Defense uh, labeled NRG Stadium a no-fly zone before this game because yeah. that's that's pretty much what happened with the, with the quarterback play yeah. in this one. I don't, and I don't think it was uh, it was Kevin Stefanski's uh, idea for Deshaun Watson to struggle, but did Deshaun Watson throw the ball like more than twenty yards down the field once today? I not that I recall. Yeah, it was very much, and and also. Uh, I'm very concerned with our offensive line. They did not play well today at no. all. And so it, they did it was a, a little si- better in the run game, but it was pass a situ- blocking. They yeah. were terrible. Yeah, it was a situation where, um, which Deshaun to had f- to get the ball out. To be fair, Watson's kind of used to that because he played behind a crappy <laughs> offensive very line true. in Houston this for is very a long true. time. And I think it's it's different for him. And I'm going back to the rust factor and the fact that he hasn't played in 700 days. You know, he has practiced the last three weeks, but. When you practice in the NFL, you practice against air. So you're not simulating getting 300-pound linemen bearing down on you right in your face like what happened on the interception in the first first uh, quarter. Bad throw. But if you look at it, uh, Jed, the, the defensive tackle split the double-team block of Jed Wills and Joel Batonio and was bearing down right into Deshaun's face. He had to get rid of the ball. It was a mistake. Yeah, he threw it right out of safety. And Donovan Peoples-Jones was open in the left, left corner of the end zone. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those situations where Deshaun had to get through it and actually experience what a live NFL pass rush was again so he can actually, you know, get used to playing that way again. Like when he practices, he practices against air. There's no pass rush. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a lot easier. But, yeah, when you have to make that split decision, I feel like his mind – his his body was working a little bit faster than his mind was. Hmm. I thought he he looked a little bit jittery. Um. He looked a little bit like excited in a sense to where like almost like he was too amped up. I think he was thinking he maybe processing. a little too much. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he was. I think he was thinking. And again, you haven't played in seven. It, if you do your job, if you're if you're off if you're out of your job for 700 days and you come back, no matter what you do, you're not going to be as good as you were before. True. Now, 
that's okay when you're playing the one in now 10 and one Houston Texans. But if Deshaun Watson plays like this again next week, the Browns are going to get throttled. In in pretty much any objective manner, yes. Yeah. Uh, even even against a team that we seemingly cannot lose to, if Deshaun Watson plays like this next week, we're going to lose to the Bengals. God, that's almost hard to even imagine us losing to the Bengals. I know, we, right? We just don't lose to the Bengals. Right. But, you know, but, like – Seems like it's been since the 0-16 season we haven't lost to them, barely. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Joe Burrow's 0-4 against the Browns. I mean, Cincinnati's on a roll right now. They beat the Texans. They beat the Titans two weeks ago. They beat the Chiefs today. You know. Yeah. It, it's funny how the Bengals can't seem to lose to the Chiefs, but yet they can't seem to beat the Browns. That's just that's that bizarre. Is, that is interesting. That is very interesting. The Bengals have now beaten the Chiefs two straight times, including the AFC champ – or three straight times. Three. Time. three. <laughs> Including the AFC Championship game uh, last season, so they were two and zero against the Chiefs last year, and then now they've beaten them again. Um, yeah, so I, I expect Deshaun Watson to be better next week. Do I expect him to be all elite uh, top five Deshaun Watson? I don't know that we're going to see that until next season, but I do think that he's going to continue to get better and better to where. Uh, Given the Browns' remaining schedule, and again, we'll see what we'll see what's going on with Lamar Jackson. But I, I I do think if the Browns can somehow win these next two games, get to seven and seven, I think the Browns are finishing ten and seven. Well, I mean that's ooh, boy. I mean it, it's a tall task to say, you know could the Browns. Go over five hundred this way. Could they even win four games? I mean, you could even make a case for that. But boy, five and zero against the teams they got to play at Cincinnati, Baltimore, at Washington. I mean, oh boy, even, even Pittsburgh. Like Washington even has the Steelers turned into a are starting to turn it around now. So like it has turned into a tough game. That I'm not worried about the Steelers. If we still have any chance going into that last week, and you have Deshaun Watson now, who has five games under his belt. Browns teams of old, yeah, sure. That that place is like friggin' uh, uh, booby trap city, Heinz uh, Field. But man, a franchise quarterback changes everything. And if we can, if we, it, man, if we are nine and seven going into that game, that means that, uh, given the help that we got today. We're probably looking at a whole bunch of different scenarios going into that week as far as the playoff. Everything will probably be on the line if we're nine and seven going into that Steelers game. Oh, certainly. Certainly. And you will have Deshaun Watson with five games under his belt. Meaning he's he's obviously it's the last game of the year. So he's going to be as close to what he is for this season. I do think that we're not going to see I, I don't think we're going to see the best of Deshaun Watson until next season. But I do think he has a chance to still be very, very good by the time that that happens. So, if the Browns can just get through this week, I hear you on Washington. But the thing that that Washington game and that Steelers game, the thing that we will have the advantage in that we very rarely have had the advantage in over the last 22 years, we will have an, an immense advantage at the best position in football in those two matchups. 
So you would think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Not based on what we saw today, but no, 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 no. Yeah. God, no. I mean, he was bad. I was. Today. There's nothing. I mean, I'm no glad way. that the Browns' defense and special teams stepped up the way they did today because yeah. I was fully prepared at the half. Well, in the first half and the half to come Haunted. on this podcast today uh. and just basically say Deshaun Watson stinks. Uh, good night now. I mean that that's where I was at until Well yeah okay, yeah, if we would end up losing to the Texans today, I probably would be there with you too. The Texans are historically bad. Terrible. I don't know how they have a win and a tie this year. Indianapolis really didn't show up one of the weeks when they tied and then I don't even remember who they beat. Maybe, uh, maybe it was Jacksonville, Jacksonville or something. Yeah, I think it, they beat Jacksonville. Well there you go. That's an indictment of how bad the whole NFC uh, AFC South is. Oh, the AFC South is brutal. Terrible. I mean, it's great to be the Titans. Like you can just lose week after week the last couple of weeks. Like the actual good teams, they got throttled by Philadelphia today. And yet they're still going to be in the playoffs because there's nobody that's even close to them. Nope. You know. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're basically playing five one-game seasons the rest of the way. I, that's kind of what I said last week. You know, just concentrate on going one and zero this week. Yeah. And the team, the team is saying that. They're saying, "Hey, want to know every week? Want to know every?" And it's very cliche, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one day at a time, blah blah blah, that sort of crap. But that's that's literally how they have to look at that's it. it. And and it's and it's no fault of their own. They put themselves in this situation by blowing games, and and it that I'm looking right at you, New York Jets game in week week two. Uh, boy, man, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about it, but good God, if we just could have won you know, the Jets game. Where the Browns are right now in terms of the NFL context, I mean, this is this is like mile nineteen, mile twenty of a marathon. You're hurting. You don't just you're not looking right. at oh my God, I have six or seven miles to go. No, you're concentrating. Let's just get through this one, and then we can worry about the ones after that. Yeah. That's that's exactly the mentality that the Browns have to have. That's you know they step up. That's doing their job. They did their job today. It was unconventional, obviously, mm-hmm. but. They, they did enough, and they, they let the Texans beat themselves. They took advantage of opportunities, particularly on defense. And they could have even had more because there was a pick six that Greg Newsom could have had oh, earlier yeah. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they could listen. Have scored more. Listen, we have, we have destroyed the defense and the special teams all year. Yeah. And uh, I, you got to give it up to them. They, the defense and the special teams combined scored three touchdowns for the Browns today. And even on non-scoring plays. Let's talk about Bajorquez a little bit. He had yeah. what two or three punts that were sixty yards and above. Yeah, like Cade York he, he made all awesome. his kicks today. Yep. Um, obviously, Peoples Jones doing it in the return game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, listen, that guy, he was never bad, right? We were never like, but it, it felt like after last year, it was sort of at a point like, okay, where are we going with this guy? Is he just going to be like a little run-of-the-mill receiver that's going to catch like 500 yards a season, maybe get you two touchdowns, blah, blah, blah? Nobody was even thinking of him in the punt return game uh, when you know the preseason was going on and even into the start of the season because we signed Jakeem Grant, who's a Pro Bowl returner. He got hurt in training camp. Then they then they turned over the, the uh, duties to Demetric Felton, and that was a disaster. And a half. So it, it took till about week three for Donovan Peoples-Jones to become our punt returner. And, you know, those first couple weeks for a guy that hasn't been doing it through preseason, it was just, it was just, just, just catch the ball. That's it. Just, just make sure you catch the ball. Don't muff anything, blah, blah, blah. 
and he did that. And then you could start, you can start to see it over the last couple of weeks that he's starting to get it. The light is starting to go off where he's getting, he's returning some of these punts and, you know, he was returning at 10, 12, 15 yarders. And then you're just thinking, and last week, I think he had, he had a, he had a pretty long punt return in the game against Tampa Bay. And you're just thinking, man, he is about to break one. And did he ever today? I honestly didn't think he had that breakaway speed in him. Hmm. I had no idea. And credit to him, he kind of got tackled uh, like around his ankles and he was able to stay up. It looked like about midfield he was going to go down just because uh, a guy hit him in the foot or something. But kept his balance and then he just, you know, it exploded towards the, uh, towards the end zone. So that was awesome to see. And not only the fact that uh, he is, I think he's on pace to catch about 900 yards this year he's only gotten to the end zone once but again and this isn't really a shot at Jacoby Brissett but Jacoby Brissett was throwing one touchdown a game so you know uh, there wasn't really a lot of opportunities and in, in in the end zone for receivers and the ones that we do get usually we're going to Amari Cooper who has seven touchdowns this season right uh, so I can't I can't say enough great things about Donovan Peoples-Jones he's been awesome uh, for the Browns this year, as my voice cracks because I haven't drank enough water today. Hmm. And also in goal line situations, you figure they'd be more likely to go to Njoku also, more so than yeah. Peoples-Jones. Wow, yeah, especially on that fourth down play that saved our ass last week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And that kind of sucked to uh, to not see Njoku out there today. I guess he, at some point, he injured his knee in that Tampa game. He didn't practice at all this week and didn't play today. Um, Must have been an overtime. I think that him and Deshaun Watson are going to form a great partnership. Watson and Njoku. The question uh, at this point is hopefully starting is it too early for this to, Yeah, right. Is it too early to expect that, you know, in these two absolute do or die must win games against Cincinnati or Baltimore? I, you know, you'd expect by next season that there would be, you know, a lot more of that rapport and yeah. and I think it's going to be one of those things. Synergy where between those guys. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where it's just like, okay, I'm I'm just going to throw it to Njoku no matter what and see what happens. You know, it's not not really a thing where you have a ton of chemistry. It's just like, okay, let me just f it. Let's just throw it up. You know. Um. But yeah, so I I really liked how Kareem Hunt ran today. I haven't seen that in a while. He ran hard today. Uh, obviously, Nick Chubb gives you what Nick Chubb gives you. Um, he just does what he does. Actually, I did want to make a point about that. Like, when you talk about, well, offensively, it wasn't a great day for the Browns. I thought the game plan was pretty good. The Browns yeah. ran the ball 38 times. They only passed it 22. Yeah. I thought that was excellent. Yeah. Nick Chubb had 17 carries. Kareem Hunt had nine. Hunt had over six yards of carry today. Yep. Uh, Watson ran the ball himself seven times. So, you you did some good things there. But uh, and maybe this isn't the right forum to go after this guy. But why does Anthony Schwartz still have a job? <sighs> I'm so sick and tired of this guy. First of all, not catching the ball. A, B. He caught. Him, he not caught. Even, not even being able to run he, through tackle dummies in practice. He caught the first pass, the first completed pass to Sean Watson's thrown as a Cleveland Brown, and you think like maybe maybe you know later down his life he could tell his kids, yeah, I caught his first pass. No, he's not going to be able to say that because because finish the play. He then fumbled. Right after he caught the ball, and then he, I, I, you know, I was driving through the most of the first quarter of the game. I heard he had a a, a giant blunder on special teams too. 
I did not see that play actually, but maybe it was either missed tackle or either missed assignment or something. I I, I don't even know. But um, there was a play earlier in the season against New England where I do recall Jacoby Brissett was looking over on the left-hand side of the field, and he was running up the seam, and I think it was Cooper or Peoples-Jones was double-covered on the outside, and and Brissett threw over there. And the speculation was, did Brissett just not see Schwartz, or was he purposely not throwing to Schwartz because he didn't have any confidence in his ability to get the ball or catch it? Yeah. So It has been an incredibly disappointing season for that guy he he listen he had the end around 30 yard touchdown run last week which was big because uh, obviously we don't have that we don't win but uh, you're a wide receiver guy bro you got to catch the ball and then hold on to the damn ball after you do catch it cannot put the ball god's sake can't do it he's he's unplayable i why do they keep playing him why is he even on the team I, we were asking in preseason why this guy wasn't cut. Well, uh, this this Browns regime does not cut uh, their own draft picks, so I don't even I don't expect him to get cut going into next year either. Oh my God, no way! Oh, but guy is not an NFL level player. Yeah, like even non football fans can see that. Right. But hey, listen, Browns won. They won two in a row. Let's stop bitching. Um, but yeah, I, I that yeah, come on ten. Come on, ten. Um, Could have been on. Come on, man! Like half yeah. of the week. <laughs> so looking, looking forward, and we'll do we'll do more previewing uh, the Browns Bengals matchup on LOTL this week. But, um, and I guess this might be transitioning a little bit more into around the NFL. <sighs> Bengals are on a freaking roll right now. Eight and two in their last ten games. After losing to Dallas, one of those two. one of those two was against the Browns. Who was the other game that they lost to in this last uh, ten games? I cannot, I can't tell you right off the top remember. of my head. They have because they started zero and two, and they've won eight out of their last ten. Um, I mean, listen, I mean the 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 only thing we're going to have to go on is the fact that we just don't lose to these guys. Um, because they are playing some great football right now. They just beat the Chiefs again. A gay. Yeah, today. In words of Cincinnati native Dean Ambrose. Oh, excuse me, John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, so, just quick it snapshot. Was Baltimore. That oh, they, they got did, beat Oh, they by, did lose the Baltimore. Which underscores a greater point. The Bengals only lose to teams inside the AFC North. Why in the hell is the rest of the NFL so unable to beat them? I don't get it. Yeah, I flat out don't get that. Listen, the only I, team outside I, the AFC North that's beaten them this year is Dallas. Uh, we're gonna get into it in our around the NFL segment, but I just got an alert to my phone that uh, San Francisco uh, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will go season-ending surgery to repair a broken foot that he suffered in the game today against Miami. Man, just as soon as we were talking about San Francisco as being a legit Super Bowl contender. What are they going to do at quarterback? Because Trey Lance boy. is out for the year. Oh, my. Hmm. Oh, wow. Brock Purdy? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> that injury to Garoppolo happened in the first quarter. Brock Purdy played that whole game for the Niners and they smashed the Dolphins. They had at least one touchdown on defense, I recall. But 
Even so. Garoppolo went out of the game. He was 2 of 4 for 56 yards. Brock Purdy, 25 of 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. You know, backup quarterbacks often come out when they have to come right off the bench and play, and sometimes they end up playing really well. When yeah, they come I mean, in. well, and the other team it's, hasn't game planned the other, for them. Right. It's once they are in the job and teams are fully game planning for them, they sometimes it doesn't come off as well. Yeah. I mean, we remember this from the Kelly Holcomb era way way back when, and then a few years you know, when we had the whole Derek Anderson versus Brady Quinn thing going on. But uh, Well, that'll make yeah. things very interesting as we go around the NFL. We'll get to that game. Um, wow. I did not know. Th- I had no idea. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Wow. Boy. Well, that's certainly uh, because I, I was I was basically aborting the San Francisco train to the Super Bowl and winning the NFC this year. Hmm. Even though I do, I do, I do know that the Eagles are still really good, but, and yeah, that might uh, be understating it a little bit. The Vikings are pretty good too, but uh, yeah, so we'll get to that, but let's, uh, let's go around the NFL, I guess. Okay. So the theme to today is wild card looking better AFC North title, nah, not so much. Uh, we'll start in Atlanta. The Steelers played against the Falcons. They, the Steelers found a way to win 19-16. to They improved to 5-7. and Much like the Browns, they're pulling themselves back off the scrap heap pretty much and showing that they're still there also. Now, the good news is that they're still in the basement because the Browns have had to head win against them. Uh, continuing on to Baltimore, which we mentioned earlier, the Ravens. We're behind most of the game. They lost Lamar Jackson to an injury, and it just, you know, Baltimore's lost like three or four games at the, at the buzzer practically. Well, this time they win a game at the buzzer. They score a touchdown extremely late to beat the Broncos 10-9. That keeps the, the Ravens on top of the AFC North at 8-4. And, and again, as we mentioned earlier, the Bengals defeated the Chiefs again today, 27-24 in Cincinnati. That keeps the Bengals at 8-4. The, the Ravens still in first place in the AFC North by virtue of a head-to-head victory back in, I believe that was week 5 or 6. But it's still no no real distance between those two teams, and it could be the second game between those two teams that ultimately determines the division title. Mm. That's not till the final game of the season, so we still got a ways to go before that. But the Browns and the Steelers... Still asking some questions at five and seven. I mean, they're still three games out. It'd be kind of hard to imagine either team overturning a three-game deficit with just five to go. But crazier things have happened, so we're we're not going to say never. Going around into outside the AFC North now, uh, the Packers got off to an awful start against the Bears. They were down sixteen to three early on, but then Aaron Rodgers and the Packers got going and sort of turned back the clock a little bit. And let's face it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose to the Bears. Never. He just, he just doesn't do it. No. It's like the <laughs> it's like Roethlisberger with the Browns. And shame on you picking the Bears. Did I? I thought you did. Or maybe I was wrong. If you hit Green Bay, then then good for you, Gold Star. Uh Packers win that one twenty eight to nineteen. So uh, neither one of those teams is likely to go anywhere. Uh both are having very poor seasons. Uh, team that was having a like an awful season to uh, begin with. Uh, uh, fact checked. I did not pick the Bears. I'm not that big of an idiot. Oh, dunce cap for me. <laughs> uh, 
one team that was looked like they were the worst team in football at the start of the year or through maybe the first eight weeks was the Detroit Lions. They've now won four of their last five. They yeah. pounded Jacksonville 40-14 to 14 today. Yeah. Uh, the only team they've lost to in their last five games is Buffalo. And On Thanksgiving. Now they're And they covered the spread in that game. Yes. That so was a close game. They've been darlings to – you know, sports betters the last five weeks. It took me a while to catch on to that, but uh, I had the good sense to take them today. That was that was a good idea. Uh, so yeah. the Lions are now five and seven. They're sort of in that five and seven, not dead yet group, along with like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So another team that's in that group and kind of just hopping around all over the place here is the Las Vegas Raiders. They took out the L.A. Chargers today, twenty-seven to twenty. That gets the Raiders two two wins in a row. They're now five and seven. The Chargers fall to six and six. And we'll just talk about the other uh, games that sort of matter in the wild card chase here. The Jets went on the road to Minnesota today. They lose to the Vikings. This was a game that went down almost to the final play. The Vikings pick off the Jets in the red zone on fourth down at the end of the game. They win that game twenty seven to twenty two. So the Vikings remain in the number two number two seed in the NFC while the Jets mm-hmm. fall to seven and five and they're in that precarious number seven spot in the AFC sitting a game up over a whole bunch of teams. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, speaking of the only team that's ahead of the Vikings in the NFC, that's the Eagles and they flattened the Titans today, 35 to 10. This game was not competitive hardly at all. The Eagles offense was awesome and they're they're you know the last few weeks they didn't look so great. Yeah, they're back even to rolling. They won yeah. some games, but they are rolling again at eleven and one atop of not just the NFC but all of football. Staying in the NFC East here briefly, the Commanders and the Giants. I think how hard it is to beat anybody in the NFC East this year. These two teams said we're both not losing this week because this game ended in a tie, twenty to twenty. Wow, which I like because it was a cover also. Uh, I that okay, you got me on that one. I pick Washington to cover that mm. one. That's that's the worst when a game ends in a tie and it's not a cover. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. But uh the commander is seven five and one. Especially on the if you're especially now. if you're a fan of that team. Right. Well the commanders are still unbeaten in their last four games. So yeah. you got they got that going for them. The Giants have been a little more sketchy in recent weeks, but they're still seven four and one. So this actually this is a rare case of a tie not being a bad result for either team, I feel yeah. like, when you look at the totality of the NFC playoff picture. Going uh, now exclusively into the 4 o'clock window, we mentioned this game earlier. The 49ers defeated the Dolphins 33-17. to uh, Tua Tagovailoa had two long touchdown passes in this game, but it was kind of boom or bust for Miami in this game. Either they had the, the deep ball going or they had nothing, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, the 49ers doing what they do. Again, lost Jimmy Garoppolo, but it didn't matter. They stepped up, got it done. Both teams are now 8-4. and four. I do think both these teams are legit Super Bowl contenders, to be honest. Um, this was a case of you know, both these teams were coming in on three-game winning streaks. Something had to give. Uh, so San Fran holds serve at home. Miami drops out. Of, in fact, Miami, as you uh, mentioned earlier, Dan, they would have either been the one or two seed. Um, actually, no. Well, no, I don't know if who would have the tiebreaker between Miami and Kansas City, but uh, you know they would have been right up there. Instead, now they fall into sixth seed hmm. with that defeat. Is now Buffalo moves up all the way to the one seed in the AFC at nine and three. Interesting. And then rounding out the the day, you had the Seahawks in a game they absolutely had to have down in L.A. They 
struggled with mightily with the Rams today, but they ultimately do pull it out 27 to 23. That gets Seattle back on track. They're now seven and five. And can you believe the Rams were Super Bowl champions back in February? They're now three and nine. They are who we thought the Bengals would be with the, yeah. the Super Bowl hangover. The Super now, Bowl hangover hit not the team I was – it looked – and it was a mirage early because the Bengals started 0-2. We were thinking, oh, yes, this is happening to the Bengals. But, no, they completely now turned again, it around. And the Rams, the Rams on the other hand, whew. Uh Matt Stafford is on IR. Cooper Cup is on IR. So, I mean – I mean, that's period and the subject right yeah, there. Yeah, you know. I mean, what are you going to do, you know? Their offensive line stinks. Stinks. Um <laughs> Their defense still has a lot of players on there, but I, when you can't score and your court your your MVPs on offense are out, what are you gonna do? You know, it's hard. Yeah, unless you have an elite defense, which they don't. Right. So, well, I mean, they they have a pretty good defense, but yeah, I I just not get, good enough. Not when, quarter, you, when you have nobody. Your quarterback and your best receiver are out, and you can't run the ball anyway. So I mean, what oh, are you they have do? been absolutely atrocious when trying to run the ball. Yeah. So I mean, what do you want? You know. So yeah, but anyway, so going to night games, uh, Indianapolis, who's like trending that line between stinks and not dead yet, uh, they go to Dallas to face the Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by eleven in this game. That seems like too many points to me, but I'd be shocked if the Cowboys lost this game. Uh, Dallas will go to nine and three if they win that game, which would make them the top wild card in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And then Monday night, this is. Uh, Call this maybe a must-win for both teams. The Saints go to Tampa to face the Buccaneers in the awful a- NFC South. I mean, both South divisions are just terrible, but the NFC South is even worse because you awful. don't even have a team over. You have all ever all four teams are under five hundred, and you've got you've got the uh, the Eastern divisions, which are the best in amazing, football, and the Souths are just putrid, pathetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, well, the Titans probably will, but there's a not, there's a realistic chance that out of those two divisions, only one team finishes above 500. That's uh, you would expect Tampa to probably finish over 500, but maybe they won't. There's also a chance that the East divisions, there's no teams that finish below 500. That is possible. And right now, New England is the worst of that bunch at six and six. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So spelling out the entirety of the AFC field right now: Buffalo and Kansas City are nine and three. Those are your one and two seeds. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami are all eight and four, and then Tennessee and the New York Jets are seven and five. So those are your seven playoff teams as of right now. And then behind them, you've got the the Patriots and the Chargers. Those are the two teams that I said. We should be rooting against, and very, in very good fortune for the Browns. Both lost this week. Jets also. Jets and Titans were also defeated. Which, mm-hmm. you know, the Titans doesn't really matter because they're going to win the AFC South almost by default. But the Jets does matter, uh, as they're currently in the seventh spot. And then the teams behind them all won. Uh, Vegas with a victory today. The Browns with a victory. The Steelers with a victory. So, you know, a lot of those teams that probably people were giving up on. In fact, CBS wasn't even putting any of those teams on the in the hunt uh, playoff board earlier today. Well, they might have to put them on the in the hunt board if they win next week. So, right. yeah, that being 
Looking across to the NFC, the Eagles are 11-1, the Vikings 10-2. Those are your top two seeds. Dallas 8-3, the Niners 8-4. Those are your, are your next two. And then after that, if you look into the wild cards, you've got the – well, actually, Dallas technically is a wild card too. You've got the Giants at 7-4-1, the Seahawks at 7-5-0, and, oh, and the Commanders at 7-5-1. And, and then, of course, there's Tampa, leaders of the incredibly embarrassingly bad NFC South at 5-6. and six. So one of those teams in that seven-win club, I'm not sure if it's Seattle or Washington, is right now on the outside looking in in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, the Commanders have played one extra game. They have a tie. So I'm not really sure how that works. But uh, that's kind of where things stand league-wide well, I, don't right think the now. I don't think the Commanders have had their – they, they haven't had the bye week yet. Yeah, so they're 7-5-1. and one. Seattle's 7-5. and five. Yeah. So I think technically Seattle is above them. On, on win works. percentage, that would be true, 0. 0.583 yeah. to 0. 0.577. Yeah. So I would assume Washington probably has their bye this week, I think. It would have to be. I yeah. think this coming week is the last week for buys. Yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, it shall be interesting. By the uh, way, first two playoff teams, well, first two teams were officially eliminated from the playoffs today, Houston and Chicago. Ah, uh, how about that, Houston? Yeah, we just we just we just dumped the last uh the last dirt on your grave. And if you look the other way around this, which is to the draft, Houston right now is in line for the number 1 pick. Um there are currently 11 teams that have worse records than the Browns. So, the Browns right now would be picking anywhere between 12 and 15 depending on tiebreakers. Let's hope that that continues to go up because it was like six like a couple weeks ago. Six? And the Browns are three and seven. I think it was like six. And, yes, I just said six. Yeah, I did. But, anyway. Not anymore. No. Twelve. Well, we'll see. because yeah. It's the big twelve. It ain't in her murals. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Uh huge two weeks coming up for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we got Deshaun Watson back. Hopefully we got the rust game out of the way. Let's hope he plays a heck of a lot better next week. And then we will go from there. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it. We got to have some AFC North chaos the next two weeks. Yes. That's the prescription. Yes. Because if the Browns win those two games, get to seven and seven, so next, oh, it's on. If that happens next week, next week we win. The Ravens, we go to six and seven. The Ravens are eight and five. Who does Cincinnati play? Yeah, I'm going to bring that up. No, right wait. Now. We played Cincinnati. We next play week. Cincinnati next week. All the way around. Baltimore's the week after that. Who's Baltimore playing? Next Looking week? out at next week. Oh, it's uh, it's all intra AFC North next week. The Ravens play at the Steelers. Ooh. So that's put, that's put up or shut up time for the Steelers. We got to see. Too. Well, we, yeah, and we got to see uh, what Lamar Jackson's status is going to be. That's a huge, huge break for Pittsburgh if he's not playing. Yeah. So, and it could be a huge break for the Browns if he's not playing two weeks from now. Can't believe I'm going to say this, but go Browns, go. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I hope they tie. <laughs> yeah, can't. I'm not gonna. I, yeah, I'm not gonna say that. I hope both teams lose in that game. <laughs> I hope they both lose. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, huge week next week now that I know that all four teams in the AFC North are playing each other. Um, 
up and down the whole calendar, it looks like a juicy week next week. You got Jets playing the Bills. You got the Vikings playing the listen, Lions, who are listen. Run, this is, run. Here's here's what Eagles I can say. Eagles Giants. That's another one. Here's what I can say. I hope that team that plays two, uh, roughly two hours southeast of us, uh, plays better than Baltimore. The team that's about seven hours to the southeast. But I will not root for them. Actively root for them. If it happens, great. You're not going to see me rooting for them. Mm. You're probably going to be different than me, but I won't say it on this podcast. I hope they but, both lose. But yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to both of them. Mm. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for us. You got anything else? Um, the Texans play the Cowboys next week if you need them. <laughs> I don't need them. <laughs> I, needed, I needed them this week, and they came through for me. Yeah. So I don't need them. But anyway, yeah. I, I need them if they were to play the uh, the Ravens or the Bengals uh, this year. Oh, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> you too. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. I, I hope so, too. I, I think the Texans were one of our uh, miscellaneous yeah. games, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's going to do it for us on this postgame show. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, for um, Stephen, I'm Dan. You can follow Stephen at Stiffs McGee. Follow me at Daniel J. Ford. Uh, you can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast. And we will be back this week with a episode of Living Off the Land, uh, probably Wednesday night into Thursday. And uh, we'll catch you guys then. So uh, we'll see you. Go Browns. Good night.